Okay, you press it. I'll, I'll press it. Don't, don't press it. I won't. And I'm not talking about the button. I'm talking about my patience. Ah. Uh, the uh, this is uh, I mean, there's no patience here. I mean, it's this is a fun time. There's a lot of a lot of uh, excitement building for the upcoming event. And uh, I'm excited to press this button, actually, to have this conversation uh, with one of the speakers from InfoSecurity Europe in London, uh, talking about a topic that's near and dear to our heart. I mean, th this really connects the human element to the technical bits in cybersecurity, uh, all of our own culture. So this, this is going to be a fun conversation, Marco. This is the main reason why ITSP Magazine was born about exactly. seven, eight years ago. I lost the count at this point, but was the intersection of cybersecurity and society with yeah, the well. humanity in between. So, you know, we realized back then that it wasn't just about technology resolving technology, but uh, the culture within organization, the way that we look at security and the way that we, we make sense of a security that is not really tangible it's more on uh, you know it turned out in a button or a keyboard but <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot more than that so people we were talk talking about injecting technology into humans and we're like that's kind of gross let's talk about <laughs> injecting humans into technology there you go that's more <laughs> that's more like it i don't know if we're doing it as a society but uh maybe a topic for conversation <laughs> um sean one another fantastic uh, keynote that is going to happen uh, very soon. I am going to get on a plane uh, in a few days, and I know you're going to do the same. So um, let's talk about this. Who yes. we have on? It's part of our chats on the road. We're going to be talking about culture eating strategy for breakfast. Um, sounds delicious. Uh, building a strong cybersecurity awareness culture with the one and only Robin Bilinga. Robin, how are you? Robin Lennon by Lingus, I should say. Good Hi. to have you on the show. Hi, I'm, I'm good. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's quite an honor. Uh, it's, our, it's our pleasure. And uh, I'm excited to, to get into the, into the topic and unpack it a bit. Of course, Marco and I have our own thoughts on this, having talked about it for quite a while. We're interested in yours. Uh, but first, I want to know more about who Robin is and what you're up to and what led you to this keynote at InfoSecurity London? So I have a little bit of an interesting background, um, which as a human factor expert, if you will, uh, we've learned that it is really imperative that people enter in from a variety of different backgrounds, you know, psychology and um, having skill sets, soft skill sets, empathy, compassion, the ability to communicate with people so that we can build that relationship with the technical versus the um, the human, uh, which we all know it all comes down to the human, right? But um, I had um, a business that I built and we were rather successful. I actually had an internal threat issue and um, it shifted the course of my life dramatically. I, I went and sought my master's in information security. I focused on human factors and internal threat management and, and just really wanted to shift my focus on helping other people not experience what I did. It was rather life-changing. Uh, you can look at all kinds of statistics, but there's one particular, which was written several years ago, and I think it was Inc. Magazine that said 60% of small businesses will, will go out of business after a hack. And, um, and it's not just financial, it's 
it's because, you know, all of these emotional things are happening as well. You know, I, I should have, we should just say should have, could have, would have, should have known better. I should have been more alert. I should have seen this coming. But um, several years ago, and people weren't as um, knowledgeable, quite frankly, as, as we are now. But um, with, when, it, when it comes to security culture, awareness training. So for my, my daily living, I do awareness, culture building, comms, education, um, the Cyber Champions Network. Uh, I build that. And there's so much involved with understanding people. So I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey and Seven Habits, right? I read that when I was in graduate school first time. And habit number five is um, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I really like that quote because if we just go and password management, you know, you've got to learn about being safe remote working and being safe when you're traveling and blah, blah, blah. It's really, it can become white noise. And when you change the method of delivery, when you change the narrative and you make it about the people, and again, going back to that, fifth habit, meet the people, understand what they do daily in their work and their workflow, make, make it relevant, make, make the issues relevant to them first. And one of the, when I first got out of college, the first time I was working, I was a flight attendant actually <laughs> for a couple of years and a great, great experience, great company. I worked for a company called Southwest Airlines. You might've heard of them. And this is back in the day when they were changing the world with their different culture, with the different way that they approach their customers and with the way that they approach their employees. And it was culture driven and everything was ingrained to everybody. Any, it, it didn't matter if you were in ops, if you were checking bags, if you were doing tickets, if you were a flight attendant, if you were in HR, whatever, everybody got that same culture training. And it was consistent. And the message aligned with the mission and vision of the company. And now this wasn't security culture, but it's culture. And when um, that Peter Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast, makes a lot of sense to me because you can have all the strategic plans in the world, but um, Texas, we used to call it talking out of both sides of your mouth. When you, when you say one thing, but you do another, um, you know, even as a parent, if I say, you know, don't steal and then i go and put something in my pocket we watch what people do we watch what our leaders do even as adults we watch we it, it's top down so whatever our leadership is doing and saying even if it doesn't mesh with the strategic plan we're gonna we're gonna follow the path yeah, and yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, so that's, let's let's talk about the title for 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 a little bit because I, I think it's an interesting quote and i think that if you look at from a, a more logic mind, more business mind, you may think that in order to have to create culture, you do need a strategy to achieve that because that kind of mindset, you want a strategy for everything. But what you're saying with this, it's it's more like the other way around where the, the habits, the way you behave, the way you you see the world, you see the business, you, you have a goal. What is your why, right? For the company, you brought the example of the company you used to work with. 
and in that from that perspective, culture come first and strategy maybe adapt to that. So it's kind of like a depending on where you look at it from. Um, how, how do you start this conversation when somebody in the company it's more of a strategic mind versus a psychological, creative, sociological mind of approach, softer skill. If you, I hate that word, but let's use it. <laughs> well, um, I owned a business. I know what um, I had to do to write a strategic plan to get a loan to, you know, appease my bank. And um, the strategic plan, you let's say a five-year plan. So here are my goals. How am I going to get there? What's our, what's our corporate motto? What's our vision? How are we going to get there? And you really can't separate a strategy from, from your people, from the people that you want to implement that strategy, because if they're not passionate about the goals and the mission and the vision of the company, you've just got paper shufflers. And when you're trying to really make a difference and, and, Quite frankly, we need to put security, information security at the top of the importance. It hasn't, you know, we, we all know that that's critical now. And if you look at the culture of, uh, of safety back in the 80s, whatever, you could go through a manufacturing plant and front door to back door lighting dock, not a word about safety. Then there was a shift, a total paradigm shift. And that, that safety and the safety of our humans is a big part of our business strategy because it affects our stock shares, it affects our employees, it affects so many different things. So you look at the same thing with a security culture and you encourage people to implement it. And I hope I'm guiding you in the, in the, right, quest, in the right way to answer your question. Um, every, every corporation has their ultimate mission and vision statement. It's the first thing you do. And you've always got to go back to that mission and vision. I love the story about the brand. It's a retail brand and, and it's it's grown into this huge life force of its own. But when the three guys that got together decided the brand, they said, okay, here's this man, right? What does he drink? What does he smoke? What does he wear? Who does he date? What kind of car does he drive? Tommy Bahama, that was it. Everything. Everything went back to, okay, who is this persona? And then we work from there. That's the way culture is. Who is the culture? What is, what is, where do we want to go for a business? How do we want to do, do that? And what are our values and how do they align? And then how do we get people to care about this persona or this culture or this vision? How do we get people to care about the mission? So much so that we can define security culture. I can give you real pretty words about behaviors and attitudes and different things like that. But um, one of my favorite uh, is uh, uh, culture is what people are doing when nobody is looking that <laughs> defines. Yeah. That's what your brand is. I think Jeff Bezos said that and many others uh, said something similar. Yeah. For sure. What they say about you, not, not what you say about yourself. Now I want to, I want to stick with this idea because I mean, you describe mission and vision and you can wrap goals in there and you can have personas of, of how your brand, how you want people to envision you and picture you and, and, and think how you, 
how you are and what, what you value and those types of things. And then, and then you have GDPR, right? Yeah. That says you will now have to care about these things. So now I have this, this amazing looking per, looking person that's wearing a GDPR back. Like they're driving a Lamborghini and drinking fine whiskey with a GDPR backpack that's all uh, raggedy on, on them. So it, it changes the way. <laughs> I can look. take that visual out of my I, mind now. It changes, <laughs> Thank my point you. Is it changes the way you look, right? So how, my question is, do you, do you, do you, can you wrap, and, and, this, and there's a second point to that, which is there's security culture and there's data protection culture and, and GDPR, how you use data, which two different factions within the organization, and then you have this big giant culture that you have to deal with. And you, have, you, you mentioned the Southwest example. I mean, that, that's, that's who they are, right? They're funny and, and that kind of thing. And how do you throw security into that? I guess, do you make it funny and fit in? So the question I have is, do you find a way to fold security in to the culture or does the culture define how security is managed? Because you, earlier you mentioned it has to be relevant and fit into the workflows, right? It's what you do. So right. I, I've thrown a lot there, but I, I just have this this weird picture in my head of, well, how does it really come together to, to actually be a culture that people do when nobody's watching them? So, I mean, you've touched on several different things, not the least of which is learning learning behaviors and, and, and that's a whole different conversation because um, I, I studied training and development for years and, uh, and we all learn in very different ways. Some with humor, some with constant nudges, some with the written word, some um, people, you know, when I was with that airline, there were some people that really didn't like the humor. So, you know, there, you have, you had to read, you got to be able to read the room. So um, that's why that's why virtual training is so difficult because you can't see people's eyes. You can't shift the message as, as you lose people or gain people or whatever. So, um, you know, learning methodology is one thing, but, you know, developing a whole culture is it's not overnight. I mean, it, it's a basically a, at least a two year program. And that's when you've got it really rel relatively well defined board top leadership um, full backing 100% support and um, and it's just a part of your daily routine um, and and then people expect it and I, I really believe people want to know how to be secure because it doesn't just affect when I go to work or punch a clock and I'm there from eight to five or whatever. I mean, learning about sec information security is critical to everything we do from this point forward. And um, protecting our children, protecting ourselves, protecting our identities, um, our bank accounts, everything. So um, when you have the ability, which is amazing, to go in and and actually create a culture with a company that is supportive, it's fun because you get to go to the conversations with people are critical and 
you know, a hundred years ago, there was a book called, um, I think it's Tom Peters management by walking around. And I was in graduate school at the time. And I thought, well, huh, that sounds stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's just like common sense. Right. And Marco, you were talking about, you know, the human element and taking the technical and merging the humans or inter- injecting, you know, the human into the technical and, I think that sometimes we get so myopic and so focused on what we do, whether it be coding, um, cybersecurity, whatever, that we forget that this is not everybody's job and they don't care. I don't care how the engine in my car works. I want it to do the things I want it to do um, safely, of course. Um, there's so many things we can talk about. You know, we used to not put on your seatbelt. Now you wouldn't get in the car without a seatbelt. Now your car warns you if you don't have a seatbelt on that car warns you if your back passengers don't have their seatbelt. So it's up to us, I think, from a technological standpoint to put in those little warning things to help people yeah. remember to, to operate yeah. safely. But you do it in a, in a way that's respectful and, and, and empathic. And um, ultimately you're, whatever your company is, your suppliers, your customers, your investors, they want, they want to know that you're being cyber secure. And to your point, Sean, GDPR, it's, it's, it's not my job anymore. It's all of our jobs. And Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's a collective effort. And if we don't, and, and that's culture in order yeah, to have it, collective effort that's called yeah you know i that, that's why i went right there at the beginning with with the with the title and the quote because i feel like it it, it takes it needs both right i mean you can you can attack the problem from one side or from the other but ultimately it's not just one side that is going to win it's it's a mix of the two i think that you need the regulations you need the the culture the understanding that like you know you go in the car if you grow up in that transition of not seat belt seat belt we didn't you know the car then started to remind you that with that annoying beep and now it probably just put it on by itself but there was also a moment that you just walk you you sit in the car and automatically you you do it Right. And automatically you put it on your kids and, and the person next, if he doesn't do it, you're going to say uh, you should do it because that's that's culture. Right. So it goes in a lot of different direction. And of course, to go to your presentation, to your talk at uh, InfoSecurity Europe, you, you're not going to have an entire <laughs> curriculum of lessons to, to go through this. So. What are going to be your your main point there, and especially what people will walk away or you hope they'll walk away with uh, thinking about after they hear your presentation? I love to tell stories, and I think storytelling is one of the best ways to have people remember. Um, to, I took a cybercrime class, and we had all the statistics and data and hundreds of thousands of slides. It felt like 100,000 slides. It was the stories that I remember. It was the stories of the people that were, um, you know, cyber uh, bullied or, or whatever. You know, that's the stuff that speaks to all of us. It's a story. The best advertisements you have are sort of stories. And um, I, so I, I, I want to tell a couple of stories. Um, that hopefully will will 
help people that resonate with people. Um, I want to talk about the importance. You know, wh why why is it so pivotal and and important that we have a good security culture and address the human element? And uh, also metrics. Is there a way to measure it? How do you measure something that you can't see? We didn't have any attacks this year. Oh, great. So now we don't need the team. We're all great. <laughs> that's, that, that's always been an issue. So we're going to talk, I'm going to address some of the metrics or some of the ways that you can actually baseline yourself and then um, steps along the way to, to really understand if you're having success, but you also need to define what success is, you know? What does it mean to you? Yeah, so, yeah, and, and and referencing the uh, the seatbelt as a societal culture, um, but I picture you mentioned uh, like a manufacturing uh, warehouse or, or hub, where on the board is how many days without an accident <laughs> did we have? Right, right? and that's that's the business right. safety culture, and in the U.S., that's driven by OSHA. I'm sure in Europe, there's different uh, standard body that uh, that oversees that kind of thing and they may pair up right somebody might wear a seatbelt to to work and then not care about safety or vice versa not not wear the seatbelt but care about the safety at work um but well they're, they're both cultures they're both cultures yeah and i think um the the, the one thing that that i do like to remind people that we want to avoid is reliance on too much technology. And uh, my mother's gonna kill me for telling this story, but I was with her recently. And uh, before my dad passed, he bought her this magnificent vehicle that warns her about everything. She didn't really have to think anymore. And we were riding in one of the other vehicles because that one was in getting some, some things done. And so this other vehicle doesn't vibrate when her she's going off the road and it doesn't remind her of everything and and you know she's relying on the camera and i said you know with all due respect just just can you just like not focus trust the technology quite so much <laughs> so um uh, then we had a little rear-ender and that was funny because she was using the backup camera and not her eyes but anyway i digress but it was just you know it was just like i, I just the words had just come out of my mouth you know i think you're relying too much on technology i know what i'm doing bam and right. uh, so, you know so that's the part of the it's it's a great so. it's a great point it, it's a lot of conversation nowadays about you know we, we said the easy button but we also talk about you know ai and chat gpt is going to just do things for you uh, it's it's not going to i mean i i i see all of this technology as a as a tool as a help but you can't just rely 100% on it you need to you need to still use your own judgment and that's where culture i think i mean so your example with your mother i think is pretty is pretty good you know i okay i trust my camera that my car that will break by itself but i'm gonna have my food on the brake. i'm yeah. not gonna go a hundred percent on that so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, the other lot to think there the other difference is the, i mean your, your mother has probably driven without technology so at least she knows what it's like <laughs> to drive without right technology. Mm -hmm. uh, the, right the newer, I, the newer generations I, don't know what it's like to do business without a lot of these technologies. So when something fails, 
things things happen and that's where the culture really steps in yeah right? yeah. yeah and ironically sean when you're talking about that kind of stuff if you look at the data um and you look demographically at at, at how people interact with technology some of the younger people right now that have had technology since they were infants i know i've seen it that they're more likely statistically speaking to click because they're just they're they're busy they're doing you know the older generations that did not have that you know coming along are a little bit more cautious i mean that's just so you know when you're dealing with all of these demographics and culture um actual you know uh, cultures of homeland and cultures of busyness and work and how do you put all that into a security culture and the the one thing that that i want to leave people with is the criticality of knowing your people so i did a uh, i did a seminar once called know your people people because um <laughs> Which is imperative. And, and and how do you do that if you've got an organization or something? Um, can you still hear me? Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and that's culture because a small team of InfoSec people can't be there every day to make sure. Mm -hmm. So, you, you, you know, it's, it, it, how do you not make this a priority to ingrain it into the first days of someone's um, relationship with the company? You started mm -hmm. in the interview process and, you know, this is a big part of our organization and, you know, yep. Yep. So. Well, a, a lot to a lot to talk about here, and definitely a, a large conversation. And I I think it will be a a, a session that will let people uh, think a lot about what they're doing, what they've done, and the way that they are approaching culture and security. So I'm going to make a call to action here for everybody that is at InfoSecurity Europe at the Excel in London in a few days, uh, which will take place on the, the 20, the 21st, and the 22nd, to also on the 22nd at uh, 12.25, I see on the, on the schedule, to come to your keynote stage session, and that is called Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast. <laughs> so <laughs> that alone, it's, uh, it's already interesting, uh, building a strong cybersecurity awareness culture. So I want to thank you for uh, sharing a little tease. I think it will be plenty of stories <laughs> for people to listen. Clearly, you like to tell stories and make reference. And so I, I like that approach of making things visual and memorable. And uh, Sean, we're going to be there as well. Absolutely. So we'll, I mean, it's we'll, talking about breakfast. You know, I love food. So I'm going to. It's a late breakfast. <laughs> it's 1225. So it's more of a brunch. No, but let's eat breakfast. <laughs> I know, I know. I was making a joke there. But anyway, uh, let everybody that is going to be at uh, the event, please uh, join uh, this session, and uh, we sure will do. So, uh, Thanks, Robin. Robin, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye.